0: Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Season 5 of the D1 Only Podcast presented by TAP, Thoughts, Actions and Progress. My name is Eduardo Villalpando and I'm your host and I want to thank our sponsor TAP for making this possible. Also thanks to all the listeners for being here with us. Uh, For the very first time in the history of the show we got a soccer player, well I'm from Mexico so I want to call it football. I know it's kind of a controversial statement in the States to say this. But we got Andrew Panenberg, who is a goalkeeper and Division 1 student athlete at Wake Forest University. Thank you for being here, man. Thank you for having me, Eduardo. Yeah, for sure. Wait, before we start, do you call it soccer or do you call it football? Just so I know.
1: Yeah, it really depends who I'm with. If I'm with people who are foreign, we'll call it football. But for the most part, usually just call it soccer. (laughs)
0: Okay. Uh, Andrew is originally from Charlotte, North Carolina. He was the fifth best goalie in the nation coming out of high school and even participated in the U-17 national team. While in college, he redshirted one season and he has already received all ACC third team honors. So congrats on a great high school and college career so far. Thank you so much. Yeah, so let's just start. By talking about your recruiting process, uh, from what I was able to read, you chose Wake Forest over schools like Duke, Notre Dame, North Carolina, and Charlotte. Uh, Why did you decide going to Winston-Salem was the right fit for you at the time?
1: Yeah, so that actually kind of goes back a lot longer than the recruiting process. I actually, um, so when I was growing up, I was was like eight years old, seven, eight, and uh, I had a friend on my team and his dad actually had graduated from Wake Forest like many years ago, and so they actually brought us up. They drove me and my dad up for a game one weekend. Uh, it was like Wake Forest versus some other team, but um, so that was my first time ever actually being in Winston-Salem at Wake Forest on cam- on the campus, and, um, and that was when I first saw how great of a program Wake Forest has, and just seeing the, so many fans. I mean, there were probably about 5,000 people at the game, packed out stadium, and uh, they they played such great football at the time, and even today. But just seeing that then, and seeing all the energy and the excitement around the team, that was really the first time I saw it. And we actually ended up coming up for some more games that year, and um, eventually that was actually the year when they won when they won the the only national championship that uh, Wake has won so far, so it was pretty cool to, you know, be introduced to it just with my friend and his dad and then to follow him all season and, and see him actually win the, the whole thing. But then uh, we kind of stopped coming to games and all that after that season, but when I was in high school, I was beginning to look at, at some uh, some schools about, like, freshman year of high school, and um, so my sophomore year, I was invited to play in the academy select game which the academy was like a, a, a system where there were all these teams all across the country and this was a game where uh so it was during a tournament where all the teams would come to florida and just play a whole bunch of matches and this was just one game where some of the top like players in the country would just play one game against each other so this would and be so like on.
0: a like a college showcase right
1: yeah, pretty much. Yeah, showcases. Exactly. So I was fortunate enough to be invited to play in that game. And so I played in the game and did well enough to where, you know, there were a lot of college coaches there and um, there were some national team scouts there. And so uh, I was invited to train with the U-17 national team a couple times. And um, that's when I really started getting a lot of contact with college coaches. And one of them ended up being Wake Forest. And When I came up here, so I hadn't been back up here since I was about eight years old, so it was pretty cool to come back and watch a game and kind of feel all those same feelings that I felt when I was a little eight-year-old, but, um, you know, I'd I'd gotten some other visits to some other schools, but I remember leaving here and just looking at my dad and saying, like, this is exactly where I want to be, so...
0: That's awesome, man. So, would you say that throughout your entire childhood, and I mean it from like 18 years old to 17, you were always looking forward to playing college soccer, like NCAA soccer, correct?
1: Yeah, I would say so. I think when it comes to soccer in the U.S., you kind of see the process to, you know, eventually you want to be a professional and play at the highest leagues, and national team, whatever. But I think you see that process kind of, like at NCAA, like playing college soccer is is a step, and um, you know, like I had a lot of friends who are older than me who were going to college. So yeah, I, I think it was always just a goal to to play college soccer, and yeah.
0: Okay, yeah. Before we jump into, of course, all of these things that's been happening with the American American soccer over the last couple of years, uh, I also want to talk about the recruiting process for you, because obviously being ranked so high, you had multi, uh, like multiple places you could have gone, but I want you to talk to me a little bit about just the process of reaching out to coaches, or them reaching out to you, of course, you being invited to this camp, visiting schools, and all of them things, because I know that for some people that can be overwhelming at times.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I would say, first off, I was just really lucky to have been able to play in that game, because that kind of gave me... Uh, a lot of the exposure that I was looking for, but so that was my sophomore year of high school. But even before then, my freshman year, um, that's when I started playing on the academy team, and that's when we played in those type of showcases, like twice a year—once in December and once in like June. And so, what I would do is I would just create a list of all the schools that I um, potentially wanted to go to, like all of them, not even just you know a couple. I literally just like every school I was even thinking about and I found all their coaches contact information uh and I wrote up emails to all of them saying hey like I'm gonna be at this showcase these are the games I'm gonna be playing in at these times and um like if you come out and watch me that'd be great and you know some would respond some wouldn't and some would actually come out to the games and some wouldn't but um you know, that would that led to some coaches coming out and actually watching and being interested in, and eventually going on some visits to some schools. Um, and obviously one thing I didn't really take advantage of as much as I probably would have going back would be going to, like, camps, like ID camps, because I think those are a great way to get just right in front of the coaches so they can see, you know, how how you play and, and what kind of person you are. And um, it's, it's a more... Uh, like, intimate, close setting compared to just emailing them and hoping that they they come out to a game. So, um, yeah, so I I was kind of lucky to play in that game and get the exposure and then, you know, I got to train with the national team, which also helped me too. But um, I would definitely say, you know, just reaching out to coaches and trying to get them out to your games and and also ID camps and not being afraid to to reach out to people because there's really no downside if you if you reach out to someone and they don't respond, it's it's better than not reaching out at all, you know?
0: Yeah, for sure. Wait, and how many, co- how many emails do you think you send throughout your entire recruiting process?
1: So, I would send the emails when it came to the showcases to each school every time. I would say for each showcase, probably like anywhere from 10 to 15.
0: Yeah, okay, so that's a lot because... I I ask this because there's like a lot of these kids in high school like they get so demotivated when they send like one, uh, one email or like two emails and the coach like their from their dream school don't respond and they are they just stop considering like college soccer or or whatever athletic program they want to join so it's like you have to trust the process you know it's not gonna it's not gonna be smooth all the time you gotta send a bunch of emails and hopefully they respond and if not you gotta look some other way to get the the attention from them
1: yeah absolutely and I, I think like you make a good point it's um you can have a dream school in your mind but maybe like they just don't need your position for that year or maybe You just don't like the way you play. You don't really fit into their system that well. So I think it's good to have the goals and to have those dream schools, like whatever it might be, but not being too attached to it to the point where, you know, if it doesn't work out, you know, they already have someone in your position or, or any of those other reasons that you're okay with it. And you can like, I mean, there's plenty of other great schools out there that you can, you can find. And that will probably be, if they'll probably be interested in you as much or if not more, you know?
0: Yeah, for sure. And since we're already talking about this entire process, I want to talk about the junior or, or or high school rankings because I think it's ine- inevitable that when you're a young athlete, you're always looking at this, like whether it's a star system, like many sides do it, or just a number. I feel like so many players get caught up in this and ultimately it ends up owning them. So you speaking as a, I would say, high-recruited player. What would you tell all these kids who get lost in this? Because I don't feel like they understand that this number or that star doesn't ultimately limit their future success in college and if and i think that goes both ways like if you're low recruited or even you uh, you're high recruited players let that get into their head and perhaps stop working as hard as they should so what's your opinion on this yeah
1: man that's that's another great point because i definitely could see even myself at times you know getting obsessed with that stuff i mean in high school yeah, I, I tried not to look at that as yeah, much as I could. Yeah, everyone
0: does it. Like it, it's hard yeah. not to look at it. You know. Yeah.
1: No, I think it's just human nature to want to see how, like, what other people think about you or or how you stack up against other people. I, I definitely think it's it's natural to do that. But I, I would say as much as I could in high school, I tried to ignore it or even just like with my friends, we all kind of knew. Like you would see some of those rankings, you would see, you know, a player on another team that you play against and he's ranked really really high. He's got like two more stars than you or something, but you know that you know he really isn't that great. But you can also look at yourself like see your ranking or something and and think, "Hey, maybe this might not be as high as I'd want to." But I, what I would say is the people who make those rankings really aren't watching you or know you as close as you might think. You know, so maybe your rating is based off of one game or one something that they saw or if you got invited to a national team camp or something, they'll just boost your your ranking way up. So they don't really know you or any of these people. They don't even know them very well. So I would just say my biggest advice when it comes to that is like, yeah, I guess it's okay to look at, but as much as you can, if you can avoid it, because really the most important thing is you – Yourself and your skill level and what you're able to do because it's like if you're going out and you're working incredibly hard every single week, getting in the gym, staying after training every day, putting all this work, your ranking's not going to change. I mean, it might change because you're playing better in games, but you can't let that ranking, you know, define who you are because you have to know that they don't know you, they don't know how hard you work, and you just kind of have to know that and be comfortable with the fact that it's just you you're there you're out there trying to master your craft and those rankings don't know really about you and really how good you are so i would just say really try to focus on the process and um just getting better each and every day and and yeah those rankings really just it's funny because it's it's some of the guys who were the highest ranked when i was in high school and all that aren't even very like relevant today so
0: yeah and also i think that also goes the other way around you know if there's like a two-star recruit coming out of high school who doesn't necessarily go to a good school or walk walks on at a big school and like after three years after just like working on their game and just being a student athlete in college like they improve so much you know so i think yeah absolutely i think that doesn't necessarily define your future success but yeah i I love i love you and i love you on that man Before we continue with our Season 5 episode of the D1 Only Podcast presented by TAP, we want to talk to you about our sponsor, Thoughts, Actions, and Progress, who provide the opportunity to any athlete around the world to build their own mental health program. TAP, Thoughts, Actions, and Progress, offers self-thought manuals focused on the athlete's mindset growth. TAP gives athletes the opportunity to create their own mental health program, and these are manuals adapted for different levels and at an affordable price. Tab has two books right now on Amazon, the junior and rookie versions. Go check them out. And also go to www.tabmindset.com as well as tabmindset Mindset on Instagram. Go check it out. And what would you say was the toughest thing to adapt when you go to college?
1: Hmm, that is a good question. Um, I would say honestly for me, I mean, obviously, just kind of living on, on my own and, and um, you know, doing laundry and whatever. Yeah. I, I'd say those were, like, the easiest answers. But um, when it really comes down to it, I would say that throughout my life, uh, just as a, as a soccer player, as a goalkeeper, in my club in Charlotte, I was always kind of, like, the top goalkeeper. Just, all, like, ever since I joined the club, I was always on the top teams. I was always, you know, like thought of very highly and talked about well, like, just within the club or whatever, and to come to Wake where there was already, uh, like, an established goalkeeper at the time, um, I would say it was quite a, an adjustment to get used to, you know, for, for my first two years here, I only played one game, so for those two years, I would say it was, it was pretty difficult to get used to what my role was on the team, and, um, you know, focusing on, on the process a little bit more, and and maybe not being that guy on the weekends that was directly contributing to the team's success. I would say what well, was tough, and not getting you know the, the recognition that I was just so used to in high school. So um, I would say that was definitely the the toughest thing. But I think there were a lot of great things that came from it, a lot of lessons that I learned, and. Um, things you know that I I just still carry with me today and there were still some incredible experiences both you know positive and some that were were tougher throughout the time but again I think those only just made me stronger and like made me who I am today
0: yeah and especially being a goalkeeper man like it's so hard for the coach as well to have all three goalkeepers happy at the same time because like you don't get to rotate them a lot so you you, yeah yeah I mean yeah
1: Yeah, so when it comes to that, yeah, like, I, when it comes to being, like, a field player, you can really, I mean, obviously some people are more suited for certain positions than others, but you can kind of adapt, and, and, you know, maybe if someone is playing your spot, maybe you can adapt a little bit, like, if if you're a midfielder, maybe you can play more on the wing, or something like that, if if there's already a well-established midfielder, but yeah, man, like you said... Um, It can be tough as a goalkeeper because, you know, only one plays and really, you don't really sub too often with goalkeepers. So I think that highlights the importance of, you know, just being ready at all times and being ready to to make the most of your opportunities when they do come because uh, they can be few and far between at times.
0: Yeah, and to your point also, I think that also takes us back to what we were saying earlier on the podcast about how in college, like, nobody cares if you're highly recruited or not. At the end of the day, you got to earn a spot in the lineup.
1: Yeah, man, absolutely. No ranking is going to make you train well day in and day out and, and show your quality. It's all about, you know, your work and how well you've mastered your craft, like I said before.
0: Yeah, and what advice would you give an incoming freshman just in terms of balancing both both athletics and academics?
1: Yeah, that's a a good question. Uh, I would definitely say that just trying to work on your time management as best as you can, having certain times that you, like every single day that you focus on and work on school because uh, if you don't, you know, because in, in high school, I would say a little more teachers are more on top of you about getting this turned in and that or whatever. But in college, professors will just give you a syllabus and you just have something due and there's a due date. Then you know, you could really put it off and put yourself into a hole trying to get it done at the last second. But just really working on time management skills to where. Working a certain amount of time every single day, just on schoolwork and making sure you know you're you're making good progress on on big things that are coming up. But um, yeah, man, I I'd say it's not as difficult as it might seem to be, but at times it can it can be it can be tough. But I, I would say time management skills, however you can, whatever systems you can come up, come up with on your own, you know. Uh, whatever you can find on the internet just kind of like planners and all that just to make sure that you're on top of of all your work because if you don't get on top of all that schoolwork and all that it'll definitely affect you on the field and and what you're able to do just from like a mindset perspective
0: and from your personal experience have you always been like academically inclined or would you say there's times where you focus a little bit more on athletics and acad- sorry on yeah on athletics and academics
1: yeah I would definitely say like when I was in high school um, I was I was a pretty pretty good student I always like was was trying to, to push really high actually when I was in high school one of my best friends he's he was like the valedictorian for his class the the year above me so he kind of always motivated and pushed me and um, actually I wanted to go to an Ivy League school just from an academic perspective you know, like my freshman year of high school but then that kind of changed going into my sophomore year but yeah I'd say I'd always, I've would always i always been um, you know in, into academics my mom is a teacher so she would always push me and my sister to you know always give our best in school I wouldn't say that I am directly as passionate about school and academics as I am soccer but um there's a quote that's that says how you do anything is how you do everything so I definitely agree with that to where you know if you aren't putting the work in in school if you aren't organized with your school work and and don't put in the effort in in school then your athletics are going to suffer as well because how you do anything is how you do everything so
0: nice man dropping those gems I love that man um, and it also, it sounds cliche, but it's like, a, it's, it's a student athlete, you know, a student comes first, like, at, at the end of the day, it, I mean, it's, it's kind of dumb, because, you, at, like, players doesn't, don't necessarily focus more on at, athletics than, on academics and athletics, but ultimately, if you don't do well in the classroom, like, you're not eligible to play, so you gotta perform in on, like, on both sides, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah,
1: absolutely, and I can, just even my experience here, I've seen some very talented guys on the field put off a lot of schoolwork toward the end of the semester, and toward the end of the semester is when things get most serious for us when it comes to conference tournaments and national, like NCAA tournament and all that, and you can definitely see, you know, their their play on the field in training or in games suffer because they just have so much going on in their head trying to stay up late and, and finish a paper or study for a test or something. So if you don't kinda of lay that foundation of of um, you know preparing and for, for the bigger things that come, it's gonna hurt you when it when it matters most on the field. So Yeah, for know. sure.
0: Um, So I want to talk a little bit about U.S. soccer because, as I previously mentioned, of course, you were part of the U-17 national team prior to going to Wake Forest, uh, and the United States system is, like, so different compared to all these other countries, especially like Europe or even Mexico, like sometimes they make it seem like you gotta quit academics in order to focus on soccer like in, in these places. So I personally support what Americans do because even though most of the players are not going pro at eighteen or nineteen like all these other countries, you are receiving an education and kind of have it as a backup plan in case your career as a pro doesn't work out. So aside from the academics aspect of it, what would you say are the benefits from this college American system?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. I, I would say that, like, coming to college, you kind of experience and, and learn some things that um, I don't know if you'd quite learn somewhere else. I don't. Know. I, I think that college is kind of just a unique place with all these young people who have all these different ambitions and stuff. So, just being around so many different people. I mean, as we were talking about before, um, before the podcast you know, Borna and uh, Petro's two tennis players here. I mean, I've been just from coming to wake, I've been exposed to so many different types of people from so many different countries and um, just people who have so many different like socioeconomic backgrounds and just to, to meet so many different people and to be exposed to so many different like cultures and points of view and things. I, th- I definitely think that um, just coming to college and, having those experiences and getting to meet all these different people has really kind of opened my eyes to different worlds that I had seen before and uh, I've definitely made a lot of friendships here you know both like within the team and just people uh, just like in the school too that I know those friendships are, are going to last a lifetime and just connections with people that um, I think will last a lifetime too so I would definitely say just from a like a personal development standpoint I think the education is good because you know there is going to be a life after the game, whatever you're playing. But just for the experiences and and the different people that you meet along the way, and lessons that you learn, I think that um, college is a very unique place for for all that to take place. And I, I don't know if maybe all those experiences and lessons can be learned, you know, in, in another situation. Because very rarely do you have a time where all these young people from all these different backgrounds can come together and just kind of collaborate and be in such, like, close proximity at all times, so.
0: Yeah, for sure, and, I mean, in my, I mean, from my personal opinion, I don't think, like, there, there's, like, a right or wrong path. I think everyone's path is different, of course, like, if yeah, you Of course, like, if you're one of these guys, like, Gio, Gio Reyna or Pulisic, like, if you're ready at 18, then you're ready and say no more. Yeah. But... It, but I think a lot of people overlook the fact that you can go actually go to college, play at a really good level, and get an education.
1: Yeah, man. It, yeah, it just definitely depends on, you know, where you are at and what do you want out of your career long-term. What do you want from, like, career long-term when it comes to soccer, when it comes to, you know, a, a more, like, work-career standpoint and... Um, yeah, man, everyone's path is different. Everyone wants different things and, you know, has different circumstances before it. So it's a very individualized, personal choice that people will have to make.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh so just one more question before we get to the final segment of the podcast presented by Tap Thoughts Actions and Progress. Um as everyone knows, there's the coronavirus situation going on at the moment. Um I don't know if you care to talk from your experience how different has this semester been for you if you compare it to your last fall semester or your last spring semester and also would you say you prefer online school rather than in-person school or do you not care?
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh it has been very different. It's just from, uh, you know, like, so this is my my redshirt junior year, so this is my fourth year academically senior, and, you know, kind of stepping up, trying to be more of like a leader on the team. It's been, I wouldn't say it's been easy trying to, you know, bring a team together and, and get freshmen who, you know, have never been in college before acclimated right when we got here in August when, at a time when, we're not physically supposed to be together. So, yeah, man, it's it's been tough because a lot of times that they're, like, we would bond as a team when it comes to, you know, team meals or team meetings or uh, just even team bonding stuff. Like, in the past, we go out, play laser tag or go to the U.S. National Whitewater Center as a group. Like, we really haven't been able to do all those things this year, so. Well, I think um, even party.
0: I think... Partying with the team, I, I think that also, at I, I mean, I imagine that you guys weren't able to do it this semester because of the COVID, because, like, you can yeah, have man. large gatherings and everything, but at the end of the day, like, parting, that also brings, like, the team closer together. Yeah, man,
1: absolutely. So, yeah, at a time when you're not physically supposed to be together so much, um, I would say it's been tough, but honestly... When it comes down to it, I think that the team, you know, gelled really well and and came together really well. And I think we showed it on the field during our season um, in the games that we did play. So, you know, even with all this adversity, I think we did, um, we were able to to come together. Although it was different, I think we we made the most of it, just every single person on the team. And um, (laughs) when it comes to school, you know, I'd say both have their have their goods and bads of of online and not I mean you kind of miss the being on campus a little bit more and and being around people in class and around professors but I mean online has its benefits too
0: (laughs) (laughs) okay I'm gonna take online school then Uh, so this segment of the podcast is called the D15 presented by TAP is just basically five rapid fire questions you're gonna answer them as fast as you can okay okay Winston-Salem or Charlotte uh Charlotte. Athletics or academics? Athletics. Favorite college memory?
1: My very first start at Wake Forest, I um, started against Clemson in the middle of my freshman year. And we won in overtime and I made a save where the ball like, hit off my face and it was it was pretty fun.
0: <laughs> Most listened artist at the moment?
1: Oh, man. this <laughs> a drink.
0: Other than soccer-related, what profession would you like to attempt? Business. Okay, perfect. Wait, your your major is business or is it communications? It's communications. um, Media is something you actually want to do or do you prefer, like, the business aspect of it? Yeah,
1: so I think that, like, just throughout my time here, I've kind of, even after choosing to do communications, I've... um, kind of found out more about myself and what I'm interested in and just throughout the years I've become more interested in business and more of the entrepreneurial side but I would say I've learned things in communications that I think will definitely help in those areas
0: okay perfect man well I know you got a class now so I appreciate the time that's all I got for you today man thank you so much I know you're like busy with like finals coming up and all of that but yeah man thank you so much for taking the time I appreciate it
1: absolutely thank you for
0: having me I enjoyed it Thanks to all the fans for tuning in to another episode of the D1 Only Podcast presented by Tap Thoughts, Actions, and Progress, and see you next time.